Right, but do you think, and I think when I, when I was a child, it felt like that we were all, Amer- it felt like we were united, that we were all like yes. Americans, yes. but it doesn't, I feel like that's been pretty heavily compromised pretty quickly even, which is almost amazing. And I feel like, um, and these aren't Debbie Downer feelings. These are just thoughts. I should say that. I think sometimes that, yeah, it's like, like America just feels like a shell company Yes. That, um, that, uh, people just park their assets. We're just an LLC for, for the world. A lot of, yeah. What's going on, guys? Welcome to today's episode of the Dream Rare podcast. Tucker Carlson went on Theo Vaughn's podcast. They talked about a lot of stuff addiction, war with Iran, the media lying. I mean, it was a very interesting, very honest, very open conversation. And I wanted to do a little compilation of small clips and do a reaction and a response to that. So that's what we're going to do today. Welcome to the Dream Rare Podcast. And today's episode is sponsored by Propaganda-Exposed.com. The link is in the bio. It's a multi-part series talking about stuff like the Smith-Munt Act. We're going to get into that in a little bit and other things going on. Welcome to today's episode. Thank you guys so much for joining. It's the Dream Rare Podcast. Welcome to the show. The way to get the news at the desk or on the road. Let's go. God is great and success in our control. The world is crazy, but we get better from obstacles. Yeah. What's going on, everybody? I'm going to check the comments real quick. Make sure everyone's here. We got YouTube in the house. We got Facebook in the house. All looks gravy and good. So we're going to start because I have about 15 clips to play for you guys. I listened to the episode of Tucker Carlson on Theo Vaughn. And I thought it was a very, very interesting, honest, open, raw conversation. And it had a lot of American feelings in it because everybody kind of feels like our country doesn't feel the same. Everyone on the left and the right, although they have different ideas of why it's happening and how it's happening, people don't feel like our community as a country, let alone these cities, is together. Something feels off. They went in on it. And I just wanted to play a few clips that stood out to me including Tucker talking about what he saw in the media and how they're trying to start a new war. This is the first clip. Tucker Carlson takes shots at neocons and warhawks and says that, you know, he constantly wants the audience to know he doesn't want to start a war with Iran. And I find it very interesting that Tucker would have probably been one of the only people at Fox News who would have spoke out honestly about the situation in the Middle East now. And he's not there to do it on television. So the people who only watch TV don't get this perspective. Let's take a look. Yeah, and if something's really stupid, like let's go have a war with Ron. It's like what? Yeah, and I just feel like it's you know maybe because of my age and my job, I I have a moral obligation to say I I think that's really unwise. You don't want to you don't want to go to war with Ron. <laughs> no, because I'm not insane. Yeah. That's insane. Oh yeah, look, I'm not saying it is either. I don't think that we should be involved in a lot of this shit. You think? How's I it helping? So. Is it helping you a lot? No, it's a, it just causing all these moral victories you're winning. So, so he says, you know, I'm not, I don't want to go with to war with Iran. That's insane. Who's he talking about? I mean, I'm not going to name names, but Lindsey Graham, Ben Shapiro, you know, the people that want war with Iran and think it's a good idea. Tucker used to be the only one at Fox News who would speak out against it. I remember on my Facebook page in 2018 or 17 or 19, the last time they tried to start a war between the two countries. I mean, this has happened for decades since 9-11, even before that. But in general, you know, I remember Tucker spoke out into this really powerful piece about why war with Iran was a bad idea. And I shared it to my Facebook. And at the time, 
conservatives did not like that. They were so mad that he had the go. They're like, kick him off the air. He sucks. Don't don't disagree with Trump or whatever. And I was like, it was just crazy because I was like, I agree with what Tucker is saying. And now he's not on television to provide that stance. He has humility. He admits he made a war uh, a mistake with the war in Iraq. I want to play this clip because he says he pushed the war in Iraq and he regrets it now. He said this on Nelk Boys too. You know, you feel vulnerable and like, you know, you're not allowed to say th certain things. And I do think I, I was never censored, but I self-censored for sure. You know, the war in Iraq breaks out and you're like, maybe it's a good idea. <laughs> but it's not crazy. a good idea. And you know, it's not a good idea. Yeah. You know what I mean? But you allow yourself to be convinced because you know, it's super unpopular to say it's not a good idea, but it clearly wasn't. War with Iran, not a good idea. So he admits that he pushed the war in Iraq and he says that he self-censored because everyone around him was doing it. And it just it's like doors open for you when you do what they tell you and doors close when you don't do what they tell you. I've seen this in my own career. I'm not at a corporation, so I don't. But I mean, to be fair, I do kind of work for corporations in the sense of like if Facebook and YouTube takes away my stuff, those are corporations. So oftentimes they get you whether you work for Fox News, CNN, or you're independent and you post on social media and you rely on the income from social media, you know, the self-censorship of like, well, if I just sell this war, I mean, I wouldn't do that, but I'm just saying like Tucker at the Fox News, like he doesn't know that much maybe. And he's like, if I just sell this war, everybody will like me. And if I go against it, you know, a lot of doors will close. And I think that's social media. It's like, if you play a role you know, everybody opens doors for you on the right. You can be this guy, but you can't be this guy, but be this guy and we'll give you money and stuff. But if you're this guy and you're principled, we'll close the doors on you faster than the left would. And it's like, you know, the self-censorship that goes on. Um, sometimes people do it by mistake. Other times people do it purposely. It's interesting. He talks about that. I have 10 more clips, but I want to get to this one real quick. And guys, I like, you know, I don't do a lot of sponsorships and ads, so check it out. It's free. It's a multi-part docu-series called Propaganda Exposed. It's propaganda-exposed.com. That's the website rather. And here's them talking about the Smith-Munt Modernization Act during Obama. It was overturned to make domestic propaganda legal in America. True story. And weirdly enough, Trump didn't overturn it. So if things have seemed kind of weird since the Obama era, it might be because of this Smith Modernization Act. Just take a look at part of the docuseries that you could watch for free. All you have to do is give them your email at propaganda-exposed.com. Here it is. And then we're going to get back to the Tucker and Theo thing. I got a lot of clips. So in 2013, it was legalized in the United States to propagandize its citizens. What? Like that's some scary third world stuff going on. That's the kind of stuff that people use to topple governments to take away freedoms. Yes, you heard that right. Almost a decade ago, propaganda was legalized in the United States with the passage of the Smith-Munt Modernization Act, which you've probably never heard of. The Smith-Munt Modernization Act was buried in the 2012 National Defense Authorization Act for a good reason, because it repealed the 1948 Smith-Munt Act, which authorized the State Department and the mainstream media to engage in propagandizing foreign countries, but it prohibited releasing that same propaganda in America for public consumption. This prohibition was lifted when the Smith-Munt Modernization Act was signed into law by Obama. Very simply, Obama gave it a reboot in 2012. So no matter how outrageous the propaganda may be, it's completely legal. Propaganda, in other words, a false narrative for whatever specific purpose 
uh, is now much, much easier to perpetrate on the people. Due to the Smith-Munt Modernization Act, which went into effect on July the 2nd of 2013, scripted and orchestrated propaganda can now be presented to the American public as factual news. There it is, folks. It's in the comment section. Check it out. It's free. You just got to sign up for your email. And uh, what an easy ad for me to sell because that's totally true. The Smith Munt Modernization Act, it goes hand in hand with this episode. Check the link in the bio. And uh, isn't that kind of weird that they made domestic propaganda legal and it's never been overturned? And I don't want to get into it too much because I want to play this Tucker thing, but this is the whole left-right thing. It's like if the right is so much better than the left and the Republican Party is so much better than the Democratic Party, why didn't they overturn it when they had power? Isn't it weird how they always get power and they never do anything? It's a little weird, but let's get back to speaking of which Tucker Carlson talks about Mike Johnson, the Speaker of the House, and how he put on for a foreign country before he even put on for his own people. Take a listen. Speaker of the House, who I know is a nice guy from your state, the new Speaker of the House comes in and the first thing he does is issue a statement on behalf of a foreign country. That's the most important thing. I'm, and I'm not even against the statement, but right. I'm just saying like, what bigger statement does that make? That's him, Mikey Johnson? Yeah. And he's the speaker? He is. And Praise God. But I mean, it, damn, Mikey. He's a nice guy and I'm not against him, but I'm just saying like, if you think the welfare of another country is the most important thing for you as the one of the leaders of our country, third in line to the presidency, you have lost the thread, son, because it's not. For those of you who didn't know, Mike Johnson, one of the first things he did when he got into the Speaker of the House was talk about Israel, say we had to give money to Israel. And what Tucker's saying is, listen, I'm not even necessarily disagreeing with what he said, says Tucker. It's a little odd that our country's in the position it's in, our country's in the state it's in, our cities are in the state that it's in, racial division, all this sort of stuff. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's something feels off in this country, like on a thousand different levels like something's very off yet both parties seem to care more about a foreign country than america isn't that a little weird says tucker says bernstein bear no i'm just kidding but i don't know why i said that but it sounded like i was doing storytelling but anyway here's the second part of that clip nothing is more important for the leaders of our country than our country and how it's 350 million people are doing so i was enraged by that and people were like oh are you for hamas of course i'm not for hamas at all. I'm for America, actually. I shouldn't even have to answer that question. Yeah. Are you for Israel or Hamas? I mean, obviously I'm for Israel over Hamas, but, but that's irrelevant. I'm for America and no one even asked that. And I feel deep resentment about that, that the concerns of this country yeah, are of no concern. Right, right. It feels like our concerns don't even fucking matter. Anymore. They don't matter. That's why it makes me wonder, are we just a shell company for Israel? Are we just a shell company for China? Like, or where, where are we anymore? Uh, Theo said, are we just a shell company? That's, that's a fascinating like thought for Theo to have, like what is going on here? And Tucker, you know, just look at what goes on with Thomas Massey. Thomas Massey is one of the only members of Congress that isn't sold out. And he constantly gets harassed by a foreign, lo foreign lobbyists that want him to prioritize a foreign country over America. And if you don't, you say, listen, I support what you're doing. I like you. I think you can exist. You could take our money, whatever. But like at the same time, am I allowed to focus on me first? My question is with our border security, how many of our allies care about us, right? We care about everyone else in the world or we pretend to care about everyone else in the world. 
who cares about us? Is Canada, is Justin Trudeau running down in blackface or dressed as an Indian? I don't know what he does. He plays dress up. He's weird. You know how liberals are. They want to pretend like they're just like you. So they dress up as like characters in different races. They're like, hey, how are you? And it's like, all right, bro, you don't you don't got to do that to show me you like me. Just eat the chicken tikka masala. You don't got to dress up like Aladdin. But anyway, is Justin Trudeau running down to the border to fix our border? Is Israel and, you know, I don't know, Mexico, does anybody care about us? Like, is there any country that's like, hey, it's pretty messed up that millions of people are coming across the border of America. Here's a couple million. Here's a couple billion dollars, America, here to build your border. How come no one ever gives us money? We're in debt. We just got to give everyone in the world money. And if you don't, you're a terrorist or an anti-Semite or a racist or Islamophobe or I don't know. They'll, they'll make a new word in five years that didn't exist and tell you you're that. Does anyone care about us? Are we allowed to care about us? Uh, Tucker's making a very profound point. And Theo is also. Like, are we just... Well, there are a lot of people who live here who really like it here, who were born oh, yeah, here. I love it here. Well, I know you do. And I'm just saying, like, it doesn't have to be this way. We, you know, there are people, there are hundreds of millions of people whose ancestors are buried here and they want to stay here. They don't have another passport. And it wouldn't be hard to rally them and just say, like... You're a Democrat, you're a Republican, you're this, you're that, but we're all American and let's have a conversation about what's best for our country. You would get people from all sides being like, that's right, that's the right conversation. We may not even agree, but that's the conversation we should be having. I hear what he's saying. I think uh, obviously I lean more to one side than another side as far as policy and how to run a country. I think the left has gone pretty insane. But this whole left-right paradigm, a lot of these Republicans that I follow, they're almost just as bad as the Democrats, if not worse, because they're just catching people in a cycle and you're running in circles trying to fix the problem, but you never fix it for the same reason the left never fixes their problem. So I'm starting to feel like in order to beat the system, it takes two to tango and you have to get outside of the box that they're putting you in left or right to have a real conversation and be like, no, you're right that they don't care about us, but it's for different reasons. And, you know, I think both sides are very stubborn and that's why the cycle continues. This last part of the co comment is interesting. He thinks that a lot of the school shootings are happening because of mental health problems and also because there's such a lack of community in this in this world, in this country. And it's not to justify what's going on, obviously not. But I think he's onto something when he's explaining. It's the same as like crime rises when like there's no fathers in the household. It doesn't mean if you have no father, you're going to be a criminal. It's just like statistically, if there's families not together. Uh, the country hates each other. There's racial division. You're not growing up under this sense of God or religion. You, you add 50 things together and then all these issues go up. Um, I think I think he's making a pretty interesting point that I'm sure the media is going to be very upset about. And if you don't do that, I'm just telling you, you play with fire. People go crazy. And I'm totally convinced that the mass shootings we're seeing and the massive spike in mental illness that we're seeing, which is leading to the mass shootings, these are manifestations of the frustration and the hopelessness that people feel when they realize their leaders don't care about them. I believe that. I can't prove it. Yeah. But I believe it because I happen to live in a place with a lot of, you know, people who are not kind of succeeding in the modern world. And they're good people and they have skills and they've been here, their families have been here for hundreds of years. We should care about them. I agree. It's an interesting thought process. I mean, there's something bigger than just Trump or Biden. Like that's to me, that's like a theater for the for the citizens. Like here, fight over these guys, and like that'll fix your problems. Like if you blame Biden for inflation, blame Trump for racism, and it's like 
Biden's not innocent. He's definitely in on it. I'm not saying he's helping. He's not helping. But it's like if you just blame him instead of the system, instead of how banking's worked for 100 years, instead of the fact that both parties print trillions of dollars, it, it, except for the fact both parties are hypocrites. They'll send money to Ukraine. They'll send money to Israel. They'll call you this. They'll call you that. If you just focus on that, you never get to the root of the problem. And it does feel like in this country that people do feel hopeless because the leaders don't care about them. You know what I'm saying? And both sides see it, but they think it's something else, but they're both right at the same time. But they don't know they're right because they're both clinging on to something else that isn't real. And at what point do you figure out that these people don't care about you? You get rid of Kevin McCarthy, right? Oh, wow, he's the problem. I never cared about that. Sure, get rid of, I don't know, replace him with Mike Johnson. I don't care. Matt Gates is going to put on a little show. He's going to tap dance. Go ahead, dance, buddy. You know what I'm saying? Get your Fox News interviews. You're a hero. You're saying some real stuff. I'm not knocking it. Go ahead. But Kevin McCarthy's not the problem. And this showed that. They got rid of him and they got the same thing. Why is everything the same? Why is everybody in the Republican Party exactly the same except for Thomas Massey and like six of them? Why is that? You know what I'm saying? That's what they don't want you to see. They want you to watch Benny Johnson clips on loop and just like fry your brain with like left wing, right wing paradigm things that don't even matter. You know, he's like based Benny. Jo I mean, uh, what's his name? It's like, you know, he's uh, Mike Johnson's based. Oh, yeah. He's so based. He's so red pill. Like, it's like not really. I'm going to play this clip again. I played at the beginning because Theo Vaughn saying he feels like America is a shell corporation. It's the smartest thing I've ever heard Theo say. And I'm not saying Theo's dumb. This was like a genius way to explain how America feels like an empty, soulless corporation because he's completely right. Right, but do you think, and I think when I, when I was a child, it felt like that we were all, Amer it felt like we were united, that we were all like yes. Americans, yes. but it doesn't, I feel like that's been pretty heavily compromised pretty quickly even, which is almost amazing. And I feel like, um, and these aren't Debbie Downer feelings, these are just thoughts, I should say that. I think sometimes that yeah it's like like america just feels like a shell company yes that um that uh people just park their assets we're just here. an llc yeah. for for the world for a lot of yeah i feel like that's a very profound statement that that's absolutely what it does feel like and it is that and tucker says at one point he says america's not capitalist it's not capitalist at all the government's in on everything you can't even like fish in a lake without getting a you know, permission by the government. You can't collect rainwater in certain states. You can't start a business without paying the government like 10 times out of 10. It, it's not a free market. There are certain aspects to America that are better than other countries. But I think what happens is the left says, you know, this is corruption and America only cares about the corporations and blah, blah, blah. But they're hypocrites too. So no one listens to them. And then the right comes in oftentimes and says, no, this is the free market. It's cap. It's really not, though. And it's not it's not cool to scam your neighbors like immoral capitalism, even though this isn't really capitalism. Just look at the lockdown with socialists. I think the Republican Party is a socialist. They claim to be libertarian. They print the money. They give money to the pharmaceutical industry. They send money overseas. It's socialism. It's just not for you. It's socialism for corporations, banks and foreign countries. But for you it's uh, stay in your house until you get a vaccine. So it's like, this isn't even real capitalism, but even if it was, immoral capitalism isn't cool. And people should be shamed for doing it. Like if I just said, hey, well, Anomaly's rich, that means he's a cool guy, right? Not if you're a piece of garbage, it's actually not cool. Did you create something and add value to the world? Did you create a, a, a car that everybody wanted? Then that's cool. 
Did you create a product that everybody needs? Then that's awesome. If you're scamming people like the Sackler family or you're killing people or you're you know doing something totally immoral where you're hurting the lives of half the world, yet you're profiting off it and lying about it, then it's not cool. There's it's not it's not like cool to be a Republican or a capitalist when you're a piece of garbage. And this is why nothing gets done in this country. Many reasons. But the left will say something. They're wrong. They're hypocrites. They don't even apply it accurately. And then most of the time the right just comes in and they're like, oh, it's freedom in America and capitalism. It's, it's not, though. And it's not cool to just do whatever. It's not cool. And it's not if it were free and moral, you wouldn't have all this stuff happening. It's because. The pharmaceutical industry isn't a capitalist society. I mean, they got $18 billion from the government and then they made their profit because the government bought it. How did Pfizer make record profits? Did you buy a Pfizer shot? No. Did you buy a Pfizer shot? No. No one bought their products that gave them their biggest uh, revenue ever. How did they make all the money? It's because America is a pharmaceutical socialist compromise shell corporation that Trump and Biden both did the same thing. They both pay the money, bought the doses, and you could say that the left mandated it, but Trump still bought it with federal money. All of the vaccines were free because the government paid for it. So, you know, this is a conversation that people don't have because they're sharing Benny Johnson memes and cat turd, cat turd farts. And, you know, and then the left's doing whatever. They're mad at oil. So they're like destroying paintings. And there's the divide and conquer, folks. Um, here's Tucker talking about fentanyl. And this is what Ben Shapiro got really upset that about because if you care about Americans dying of fentanyl more than a foreign country, Ben Shapiro gets really, really upset. You have to completely forget about your own people. And it's not the same. Trust me, Ben's foreign policy is more important than than your own family. So here's Tucker talking about. No, and I mean, have we always been that? Of course though? not. It was a real country. It wasn't just an idea or some shell company um, or LLC. But they're displacing a lot of that frustration onto regions, countries, conflicts that are thousands of miles away. It's almost like I'm picking a team and all my rage is going to, and I do wish people reserve their anger for our leaders who deserve it, in my opinion, on both sides. And for the problems that are like besetting the country, you drive through America recently, it's like not in good shape at all. It's kind of poor, actually, it's shockingly poor. All right. Actually, it's the next clip, but that one, he's saying America doesn't look good. And it's like, it's true. I mean, I'm not a Debbie Downer either, but every city I've been to is almost, they're almost all getting worse. Like New York is shittier than it was 10 years ago. LA is way shittier than it was 10 years ago. I've heard Chicago shittier than it was 10 years ago. Austin, I've been there. That's shittier than it was 10 years ago. Uh, Portland shittier than it was 10 years ago. San Francisco shittier than it was. Why is everything getting shittier in America? Like, can we talk about it or no? We just got to give money to a foreign country. We're just tax cattle. Moo, take my money. Moo, war in Ukraine. Moo, wave another flag. Moo. It's like, is that what they want me to do? And then they're going to just call me names and belittle me and write media smear pieces about me if I ever have a thought or an opinion that's accurate. Uh, here's Tucker talking about the fentanyl thing. I guess I got the clips mixed up. And um, people should be really mad about that. And instead they're mad about whatever, Israel, Hamas. I mean, I get it. I, I think they're, you know, I understand people are upset on both sides. However, you, it's unhealthy to be, spend all your time in your head enraged about a foreign conflict when your own country is suffering so badly. Like we need that energy, that constructive energy here. And I never hear anybody say, 108,000 people died of fentanyl ODs last year in my country. Oh yeah. Like young people, a lot of whom weren't doing fentanyl. They were taking Percocet or benzos and they ingested a pill with fentanyl in it and they died. They were poisoned to death. 
Well, there's no foreign aid to be won there. There's no pharmaceutical benefit to be had there. And there's no black, white racial conflict there. So I guess the media doesn't care about hundreds of thousands of people dying. But even Ben Shapiro got so mad when Tucker said that instead of like talking about Israel, he was like, listen, listen, it's not the same. Listen, I mean, how dare you care about America? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Tucker Carlson. I'm, I'm, I'm so much smarter. It's like, shut up, Ben. Shut up, Ben. Stop talking down to everybody. You're not smart. You're not honest. You're a liar. You're a hypocrite. I would destroy you in a debate. So would Tucker Carlson. That's why you only have like little pick debates with 17 year olds. And you know what I'm saying? Well, leaders of Christian churches who completely agree with your foreign policy. You know, stop talking down to American citizens who care about America. Okay. We're tired of it. It's annoying. You're fake. It does matter that hundreds of thousands of Americans are dying every year and no one talks about it. It does matter. War is terrible. No one's justifying what's going on overseas. But we're allowed to care about American kids dying, you fraud. Um, next thing is Tucker's talking about the pyramids and how we don't even know how they built them. And what Tucker's trying to say in this clip is that we should have humility. And any news guy that doesn't have humility is probably lying to you, which is a really interesting thought. And it's he's probably right. That's unbelievable. That's outrageous. No one seems mad about that. Yeah. They're mad about some foreign war and what a waste, you know, because we can't control that anyway. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see how the first things happen like that. How are the pyramids built? I don't know. People talk about it a lot. People you know? don't know. We don't know. How is that? And I'm not, by the way, suggesting any theory. Yeah, no. Well, look, I think. But how do we not know that? And why doesn't that make all of us humble? Like, if we don't know how they built the pyramids, three or 4,000, or actually, we don't know when the pyramids were built, to be totally honest. Yeah. If we don't know that, then we don't know shit. Yeah. I'm pretty interested in the thought process of like, you know, they always say we're so much smarter. We're so much better. Like we're so much smarter than humans in the 1900s. They were so racist. They were so evil in the 1800s. Everybody was evil and racist and we're just so much better. It's like if we're so much better, why was Booker T. Washington smarter than Trump and Biden? Like, why was he more profound, more interesting, wiser, more complex? Like, why Why do you, why was music amazing? You know what I'm saying? Why have they created, like, symphonies that we still can't re replicate? Why did they, in Egypt, create pyramids that we don't even know how they did it? So I'm starting to think that they lied to us, and as they dumbed us down and made us stupider and faker, they told us that we were just getting better, and everyone was so bad and dumb before. But it's like maybe a couple thousand years ago or whenever, they were smarter than we were now. Is there a possibility that we've lost some sort of technology or we, we've went backwards? Who knows? But here's Tucker saying that, you know, every wise person knows that they don't know that much. I believe that's a Socrates or Aristotle quote as well. Here's the clip. Oh, yeah. Someone should just say that. Yeah. Why don't we just say we don't know shit? Yes. Yeah. All wisdom begins with acknowledging what you don't know. Mm. And anyone who tells you, well, I know the answer, is about to lead you into, say, war with Iran right. or something equally crazy. <laughs> Take the vax. You know what I mean? Like, that's a lie. Yeah. So never trust anybody who claims to have it all figured out because he's lying. I like his humility in this interview. Um, he says he doesn't watch the news. Like, he doesn't trust people who claim that they know everything. I suggest that, you know, I'm not a big, like, suggester of go watch this or go watch that, but... I really enjoyed their their interview. Whether you agree with everything they both said or not, Tucker was very open. They talked about 
how they were addicted to drugs for a long time and like their mistakes and their flaws. It's just like a very human conversation. They talked about that for a long time before all these political stuff. I enjoyed it. I don't really enjoy too many like talks. And I, I don't know if it's because I'm a harsh critic or there's so much entertainment going on that like I need something stimulating. And if it's kind of boring, I'm like snoozed out. But I really, really enjoyed it. I thought Theo made some really brilliant points. Tucker was like jacked up on nicotine and he was like lit the whole time doing these little pouches, like just really had a lot of energy. He always does, but he felt like he felt in the pocket here. And I'm really glad to see Tucker um, doing this type of stuff. But the sad part is he was really useful on television. Like he's doing fine, but people on TV, most people who watch TV, they only watch TV. So it's like telling someone who watches Fox News to like listen to a podcast. Like I don't listen to podcasts. I watch Fox News. They took Tucker off because he was the only one who would have disagreed with this war and, and provided context in my view. And that's why they punished him. Sean Hannity is a puppet. That guy's a total puppet. Is he cool? Sure. If you like throwing Nerf footballs around, he's like, look, America, I'm just like you. Nerf football. Let's start a war with Iraq. Nerf football. Let's push the war agenda. Nerf football. All right, Sean Hannity. Like, how old are you, bro? Throwing Nerf footballs around. Like, you know, I'm saying you're five years old. But in general, Tucker was the one with a soul and a heart. You might not agree with him on everything. You might still think he's sold out to some extent. But the difference between him and Hannity is, is incomparable. It's like eating chocolate ice cream and then a piece of shit on the side of the street. Like Tucker was that dude on TV. And since they took him off, he is reaching a lot more people with these podcasts, but he's not reaching that audience. And that audience is like boomered out of their minds. And I'm not knocking boomers. I love boomers. Boomers make fun of me. Bring it on. I'm a millennial. Make fun of TikTok or whatever. You know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to be a hater. I'm just saying everyone knows that that generation watches TV news more and the left-wing boomers watch like CNN and they're just like, oh my gosh, Anderson Cooper said what? Anderson Cooper said what? It's like, yo, take grandma or grandpa away from the TV. Like, you know, it's not healthy. But uh, <laughs> here's Tucker saying that anytime someone honest comes along in politics, that they accuse them of rape or something. It's pretty interesting. Well, do you think that one of our political, that one of the political parties thinks that they have it all figured out more than the other? I think they both do. I mean, I think politicians by their nature to. are unwilling. By the way, every once in a while you get somebody who shows up and starts to tell a portion of the truth mm -hmm. and everyone loves him. And then he's always invariably accused of raping someone at that yeah. point. <laughs> I gotta take him out. Yeah. You know, like God, anonymous <laughs> charges. He, he raped me in 1985. I can't tell you my name, but it happened. <laughs> Sheesh, you know, he says... Both parties kind of want the same thing, but as soon as someone comes along and is honest, you know, they get accusations against them. And I think that's the final layer of someone that they can't control because it's like the heaviest layer of it. You know, you could talk bad about somebody, you could smear them in the press, but like when that doesn't work, you just try to find. And this is why the believe all woman thing was so crazy. Like believe all women. What does that even mean? Hundreds of millions of women are pro-life and they believe in like, you know, abortion is murder. And then hundreds of millions of people believe that pro-choice and women deserve the right to abort their kids or abort their fetus or whatever. I, you know, so it's like women don't agree on anything. Half the women that I see, they don't even like each other. But it's like, so agree with them. That was just like a thing where it's like, I agree with all women. It's like, what about women who disagree? No, you just want me to agree with the women who accuse the politician that you don't like so that you could stop him from running or make him look bad. What about the 50 women that just like you got five women together? So it must be true. Oh, yeah. Like 
millions of people don't lie every day. Like millions of, I got five guys here. Look, I got, I got a squad that can't possibly ever lie. I have Don Lemon, Anderson Cooper, Neil deGrasse Tyson, Bill Nye, and Stephen King. I mean, five, could five guys lie, you know? And I'm not talking about the hamburger. That's a really bad joke. I'm sorry. I got to go. Sorry about that. No, I'm just kidding. But um, anyway, dad joke aside, Tucker says also that they smear people as a conspiracy theorist. And I believe that this rule is true. Every conspiracy theory is not necessarily true. The media is sloppy with their accusations, but it is true that if they call you a conspiracy theorist and they're not debunking what you're saying, they're just calling you that probably what you're saying is true or part of what you're saying is true and they don't want to have a conversation with it because they can't beat it so they just use that word and i think tucker uh brilliantly says it but when they become hysterical about somebody and they're like he's a conspiracy theorist without even refuting what he told you then you know he's onto something i mean a hurt dog barks right when you have an infection someone touches near the infection it hurts what does that tell you you have an infection yeah they also talked about vaccines. I don't want to play at all, but Tucker talks about how they smeared RFK and took away his New York Times job or one of his writing jobs. And also at one point, uh, I don't want to watch it on the full episode if you'd like. Theo talks about how in his town, I believe in Louisiana, that they did some sort of polio test and gave women cervical cancer, according to his, uh, you know, whatever he thinks. Like, I don't I haven't looked into all that, so I can't speak on it, but. It's interesting stuff. They definitely question the narrative over there, and uh, it's worth listening to. And they just basically drummed them out of polite society. They don't talk too much about that anymore. Right. But the vaccine stuff, because I think there is this recognition, and by the way, I'm not an expert, but that actually a lot of people were hurt. A lot of people were hurt, uh, not just with the most recent round of mandatory vax, but in earlier rounds. Now, you could argue it was worth it, so Tucker kind of goes hard there, and like you could listen to the full thing, but he's saying, you know, and I don't want to get too much into it right now. I've talked about it a thousand times. One thing that really annoyed me during the pandemic and in general, but especially then, is they kept saying like the VAERS reporting was a conspiracy theory. And VAR, I'm not saying it's 100% accurate because it's probably not, but VAERS reporting was created by the government. When they took liability away from vaccines, they put VAERS reporting there to try to like, I would say database of vaccine injuries. And that was the government's way of making sure that a vaccine wasn't super bad because they were taking away the liability. Once COVID came out, they just sat and acted like vaccine injuries never existed at all. And they're all like, they don't exist. And you're crazy if it happens to you, but you have to get the vaccine. But if something happens, we're not, we don't even care. It's like, it was such a crazy, obviously false narrative. That's why it's so important in my view, whether you're left wing or right wing or like Trump or Biden, like whatever people are fighting over, look at the issue. You can't just play opposite day of like what the politicians do. They're professional middlemen. So you have to really listen to like what they're saying, what's going on, the product. This guy's saying Operation Warp Speed. He says it saved the world. This guy's mandating it. This They say it's bad because he rushed it. Now they say it's good. You can't just play opposite day with politicians because they're basically just actors, middlemen and compromised idiots who are just there to kind of like take all the blame for things that people above them are doing or other people. So that whole, that whole situation was a mess. I don't want to get into the pandemic, but I probably have hundreds of videos on it. A few more clips. I wanted to play this one. Uh, Tucker says that similar to how, if everybody steals the basket and all the candy at Halloween, it doesn't work. 
that's like America. The morality of America, America only exists if people have basic human decency. That's why the whole country is going to crap because people don't have basic human decency anymore. And it's not necessarily something you could legislate. You can get high on crime, but during Halloween, let me give you an example. You don't have to like have people with machine guns outside a Halloween thing. Like, oh, let's make sure a kid doesn't steal it. In a moral society, kids just don't steal it. And the parents watch the kids and you raise your kids, right? And now everything has to be like locked up at every CVS. And like, it's, you can do that. If you, if you have high crime, it's better than nothing, but it shouldn't even really be that way. We shouldn't live in a country where nothing's safe anymore and everything has to be on high alert and high security. But I think this is a brilliant way to break it down. Sometimes I think America was just this Christian experiment yes. that got compromised and has turned out poorly. <laughs> you think? Yes, I, I think you're onto something. There. And I hate to say that because a part of me doesn't really want to admit it. Well, it's obviously true. It's obviously true. I mean, you can't have a democracy unless it's a voluntary system. People have to show a lot of restraint. They have to be all in. There has to be some sense of the common good. You can't just be like, how much can I grab? It's like Halloween. It doesn't work if all the kids just empty the basket on the front steps. It's a really good analogy. I think that's like, you know, you go to certain places like other countries, they got machine guns everywhere because they have to. America wasn't always like that. You didn't always have to do that. But now it's like, if you don't do that, then everywhere is not safe like it used to be. It's very interesting. Last clip, and then I'm going to take off. I'm going to say a few more things and take off. But this was interesting how Tucker said that the media talks about race all the time. And it's really like a way to not only scramble people up, but also protect the people who are like really running the show, like the Wizard of Oz and the, uh, you know, it's just like here, fight over that. And then we're going to be the attack dogs for the establishment. Here's the clip. But that's actually not an interesting conversation because you can't change your race and like people are different races and they're sort of different, but they're also very much the same. It's like not that interesting a topic to me personally. I'm not interested in talking about race. What's really interesting is that the United States of America is being looted by a small number of people who are getting away with it and they don't want to talk about that. Right. They never want to talk about economics. They never want to talk about the tax code. They never want to talk about any of that stuff ever. And that's how you know that CNBC and CNN and the New York Times, and all these people are like looking out for you are actually just the Praetorian guards standing in front of the people with the most power and money and keeping the masses from asking uncomfortable questions. And so whenever anyone asks about like, I think it's totally true. Um, no matter who wins the presidency, there's going to be little changes, right? It kind of matters sort of in certain ways. People could be like, no, it really matters. It's like, does it? How come they didn't overturn the Smith-Munt Propaganda Act? How come uh, taxes only go down so much? Like you pay 37% under this president and under this one, it's 35% or 36%. And it's like, they're never going to talk about the tax code on television, have intellectual discussions because that's a uniting topic. Yeah, we might be a little different. We might have different food taste or we might have different ancestors, but we all live here and we're all being taxed. We all want to provide for our family. We all want to pay rent. We all want to eat good and live good. Like we all want that no matter our differences. And these sort of topics, things that affect all of us, it unites the country like it used to be. Um, that's why they never talk about that. Like he says, it's just like, they'll give you elements of the truth. Both sides will give you elements of the truth. Like, no, that's not all fake. Like it's a lot of truth here, but you could fight over this topic for 10 years and never accomplish anything because the real truth of like, what's really going on is three layers deeper. And that's what I've been learning. The more that I figured out 
and there's like certain walls. Like if you're willing to be honest about both parties and certain things, there's doors that close and walls that come up where it's like you start to realize that it's like a layered system where it's like, okay, you can come here. Oh, we like that you're independent. We like that you didn't sell out. Oh, that's cool. You're, you're right wing now. Oh, you can come here. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you're, you support Trump. Come here. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you're willing to challenge the left and talk about LGBTQ school stuff. Come here. Oh, but you want to talk about that? Am I wrong? No, 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 no. You're totally right. Am I wrong? No, you're 100% right. So why can't I go anymore? Well, you know, we only want these people there because if we elevate these people, they'll talk about all that stuff I just said, but they won't go here. And then their audience will just keep running in circles around it, but they'll never get to that next layer of like, okay, well, that would actually change it. I have a lot I could say about a lot of this stuff. I'm going to save it for later this week. I have a lot of clips and other things I want to do. Let me know what you think in the comment section. If you listen to the Theo Vaughn uh, Tucker Carlson interview, let me know what you thought. I thought it was very good, very honest. Um, of course, I wouldn't say, and I'm not saying this to like back away from it. I'm just being honest. Like I didn't agree with everything Tucker said or anything, you know, like some, some people will comment like, oh, what about this part? Like he's a different person. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm grateful that in the powerful position that he had, he is willing to be this vulnerable and honest. I think that that is very um, human of him. And Tucker doesn't really owe us anything. He could be Sean Hannity. He could be Rachel Maddow. He could have been any of these losers and we never could have heard anything real from him. The fact that he's willing to say certain things and be uh, humble enough to understand what we don't know was very refreshing. And I thought it was an interesting conversation. Tucker's a wild guy, like the way he laughs and acts and stuff. You know, he's a, he's a real character. Like he's definitely a unique guy. He laughs real wild you know, saying he's real energetic in this interview. Uh, I enjoyed it thoroughly. I don't enjoy a lot of interviews, but uh, this one definitely was the standout of the year. In my opinion, definitely one of the better mainstream or big podcasts that have come out recently. Let me know what you think again. And I just wanted to say thank you one more time to propaganda-exposed.com. Propaganda-exposed.com links in the bio. Thank you guys for supporting me. And thank you for talking about the Smith-Munt Modernization Act, a really important thing that nobody knows about. Sign up there on that website and you can watch their multi-part series for free. Definitely some interesting information in there. God bless you guys. Thank you for being here. Dreamer Podcast, we're out. Hopefully everything recorded. I don't know.